Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other various movie snacks like candy canes or, uh, heck, even those popcorn garlands that you make during the holiday season. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining me as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. And David, it's that time of year again. I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing, because it's that time of year. How excited are you about that? It's the most wonderful time of the year. the most wonderful time of the year. Grab those lights, bust out the ugly sweaters, which we have. Get some stretchy pants, because probably should have got some stretchy pants a couple of weeks ago. Definitely needed them. Thanksgiving, yep. It is time. It is, as you said, the most wonderful time of the year. It's holiday season. And no holiday season would be complete, you know, without some fantastic holiday movies. And that's what this episode is all about. We're going to get out of the way. Thanksgiving is done. Day after Thanksgiving, it's time to get out to Christmas lights. So the podcast after Thanksgiving is time that we talk about Christmas movies or holiday movies. However you prefer your agnostic, non-denom holiday films. Um, now that, you know, we, we, we've already talked about it. We're going to get, we've gotten into Oscar movies already. We're going to keep talking about Oscar movies. That's going to be our ongoing theme until about February. But we don't want to talk about that today. Despite the fact that we got some news coming out about The Post being amazing about Call Me By Your Name winning some competitive awards. we get It's ramping up, but we're not going to do it, right? And I think you're, I think you can be okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay. Instead about those, we want to talk about some of the true greats in film. I'm talking Kevin McAllister. I'm talking the Griswold family, Buddy the Elf, George Bailey, Scott Calvin, Santa Claus, Papa Gijo, Rudolph, all of them. All the other fantastic characters that we love to watch this time of year. So let me ask you. Now, this is sort of your baby. You put this together. But I do have a couple of questions for you before we get into kind of your your time here. And, and my question to you starts with what movies, I know you have a tradition. What is your tradition when it comes to holiday films? Well, here's my, my opinion on holiday films. I mean, holidays in general, I feel like as you get older... They're a lot about nostalgia. When you're when you're younger, you know, it's more about like what am I getting? Right. It's the Christmas excitement lights, of that's a really that good point. Yeah. For for at this point in my life, I feel like it's more like nostalgia, like being a kid again, yeah. things like that. Um, and so <laughs> when we're kids, we live in the now. We're pumped about the presence. And when we're adults, we wish we could go back exactly. to it. <laughs> well, and I and I think too, like we're gonna be talking about a lot of different movies. And a lot of them, by movie standards, probably aren't that great of movies. Like, yeah. not many of the movies we talked to, we're going to talk about won many awards, if sure. any awards. It's very um, niche. Very niche market, these exactly. Christmas films are. But for me, you know, there's there's some movies that jump out all the time for me. And I feel like, at least for me, most of my like favorite holiday movies came from my childhood. So there were things that I watched. And they're the same same ones I continue to watch. It's not like I've grown out of holiday movies for whatever reason. Like I'm not gonna go and pop in some of the like like Bambi and you know <laughs> some of the Disney classics and that kind of stuff. But like I will go and pop in like something I watched as a ten year old for Christmas. Sure. Like so I think that's where it's a little bit unique. But for me, you know, I'm I'm always a big National Lampoon's 
Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm a Home Alone, diehard Home Alone, Santa Claus, Tim Allen, just the first one. The sure. other ones, eh, I can do without. The Escape Clause. Yeah. Whatever the third one was. Getting Married Clause yeah. or all those types of things. Yeah, whatever. Uh, those those I'm not into as much, but you know those those three. Well, Home Alone one and two. Christmas Vacation and and Buddy the Elf Elf yep. has uh, cracked its way into to mine. So I think those are all. But you know those are all for the most part. Other than Elf, all of those came out in the '90s or earlier. Yeah, the, those are from our childhood. Yeah. Yeah, Elf is really one of the few modern Christmas films that has really caught on and sort of worked its way into the rotation because it's a hard thing to do. You know, at, just ask Vince Vaughn. A couple of uh, couple of holiday movies that he made, sadly, sadly for Vince Vaughn, a good movie buddy, a friend of the podcast. That's right. Uh, did not really crack it, get into the rotation at all. But that's, you know, I'm sort of the same way, although as we, you know, when we get a little bit more into it, we'll, we'll start to explore my um, offbeat sense of distorted Christmas films. Um, I don't, oddly enough, as big of a movie guy as I am, I do not remember a lot of like the experiences of watching these films from my childhood. I mean, I certainly remember them, you know, sure. but I don't remember any type of big moment watching them except for the one film, which I'm going to tout this entire damn podcast <laughs> as the best Christmas film ever made. And that's Scrooged starring Bill Murray. That is, I mean, I mean, we'll just get right out of the way. That is my all time favorite Christmas movie. Um, and it's just fantastic. That's my only tradition. Everything else, you know, we're going to loop in some Shane Black movies. You know, I like to get my fill of action during Christmas and Absolutely. and some of the less traditional Christmas movies as well. Um, but so is your favorite. So obviously many of your your rotation are, are films from your childhood. Is your favorite Christmas film from your childhood still your favorite now? I, w- I would think so. I think Home Alone. It's it's really hard for me to pick between Home Alone one and Home Alone two. Sure, I kind of just merge them together. Sure, um, but Home Alone is is probably my favorite still. You know, you've got I wouldn't call it action, but you've got you know the fun of the the uh, the different traps that he he sets. It's mm-hmm. hard to beat the cast in the second one when you got people like Rob Schneider, yeah, and Tim Curry, Tim Curry. Plus we're like, bringing back Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I mean, absolutely. Where's it's loaded. hard to beat the cast in home alone too, but it's also hard to beat the classic, the original where everything started. Right. So, um, it's one of the few, like I feel like holiday franchises where the second really held up True. to the first from that standpoint. Like, yeah. I think, I think you'd probably find tons of people like that, that like, the second one better than the first. Right. You know, New York's, there's a little bit more to New York than, you know, just a little just bit more a, violence. Yeah. Like they would definitely die several times in New York. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible deaths. Or at the very least, be like, be literally like, you know, mentally incapable the, the, for the rest of their the lives. The first one was pretty realistic. Like you could, you could believe that overall, like they could have survived him. Like, yeah. Even like stepping on a nail, even the blowtorch on the head, right? Hand on the skin. hot, like all of that, like 
yeah, it would hurt really bad and sure. maybe you wouldn't have the desire to continue sure. going. But like you could survive all that and keep going. Some of those things <laughs> happen. The paint cans, I think I saw it was either a Mythbuster episode or it was the White Rabbit Project, but somebody did the paint cans. And I think they determined that, yeah, you might not die, but you are severely you'd damaged. Be, you'd be knocked out unconscious longer than what yes. they were. Your face w would be crushed. But then they step it up a level in New York, and he throws, <laughs> like, the freaking, like, metal The pipe, like pipe. the 50-pound metal pipe. At least 50 pounds, the for sure. The tool case. The tool the, case. The, bathtub, the, bath, uh, the toilet full of, of kerosene. They electrocute the someone, the like, bricks. really bad. The David, bricks. they start with the bricks. They From just like start chucking bricks at them. Five stories high you're too. dead like, your yeah. skull is caved in there and yeah. yet happy holidays merry christmas it's a great film merry christmas you <laughs> feel the animal yeah so but it's also hard to beat in the first one you you've got some great scenes like you know buzz's girlfriend when he's going through all Woof. of buzz's stuff and yep. uh the shopping the running from the cop Yep. The 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 fake party. Yep. It's a lot of good gags in that got movie. A, got a lot of good gags. Yeah. So and it's something that like I feel like and it, it hit us at the perfect time, but like I feel like you just naturally as a kid at that age were like wanting to try to figure out how you could do I all could those do things. This. Yeah. yeah, I could handle myself. Yeah. For so, sure. For sure. But uh well I'm gonna throw some rapid Continuing on with Home Alone yeah. 1 and Home Alone 2, I told you I'm not going to be able to pick, but for you, are you a Home Alone 1 or a Home Alone 2 Man, fan? that it, it really is a hard question. Um, I got to go with number one. I mean, because there are things that you don't consider about number one that just watching it now, like number one, it's a perfect time capsule for its time. Like, Remember the biggest issue is that they couldn't get a hold of anybody? Yeah. It's problem solved in 2017. <laughs> so despite the fact that that it, it maybe hasn't aged well in terms of some of its issues, like that's part of the nostalgia factor yeah. for it a ton. But also, like lest we forget, the first one's got the ace in the hole's got some John Candy. John in Candy, it, absolutely. Which, I mean, come on. That's as much as I like Tim Curry and Rob Schneider. John Candy is a legend. It's true. Um, but he's more in kind of like that end. Like he, does, he doesn't really get to be John Candy too much no, in that movie. No, he's basically table. an extended cameo, but still some John Candy Whereas action. you get some like good like physical comedy and even some of that from yep. Schneider and Tim Curry. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to have to go with, oh, man, this is really a hard one. Um, I'm going to have to go with the first one. I'm going to go with the first one because it's the original. It's best. Soundtrack is amazing. That part where he's sitting in the church and he's talking with the, the, the snow shoveler and then he's walking out and the bell starts ringing and it goes from the Christmas song into the and it's like action time, master plan. This like, is I'm my into house. It. I have to defend I it. Have to def or the fact that like he never finished his mac and cheese, which is one of, even to this day, <laughs> the most upsetting things is he made this. Takes, doesn't even get a bite, I don't think. No. I think he goes and puts the spoon in and then stops. Doesn't even. Doesn't even. He literally gets the knife oh, yeah. and fork, which, you listen, I understand you're not eating mac and cheese with knife and fork. <laughs> He says, thank you for this wonderful Stover's pre-made mac and cheese dinner. <laughs> and he hovers and he's right about to do it. And then the clock rings and he's got it's action time. And that was always so frustrating to me. And it still is to this day. I think I think one of the best parts about Home Alone 1 are all the conversations he has with himself. Like yep. 
you know, when he's talking to himself in the mirror, putting on the aftershave, which, you know, again, I still don't quite understand. Like, right. I understand it burns a little bit. But anyways, right. It was always he's not even he doesn't even have open pores yet. How can yeah. it burn? Or, or when he's sitting there, he's I'm eating junk food and watching rubbish and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, you better yeah. come out and stop me. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I'm going to have to go with number one. But but there are so many parts of number two that are good. The Walkman or the Talkman. Talk, oh, yeah. talk boy, talk sorry. Li- like, talk about a, a, a product placement that worked because I own one of those. Oh, it was amazing. Um, The whole, like... This is Peter McAllister, the, the father. father. Credit cards, like, literally. Credit cards? The Plaza Hotel. Like, come on, man. There's so much there. There's so iconic. much there. I will um, say one of the things that also leans me towards Home Alone 1, if I was to break it down, is I much prefer... Snow shoveler over bird lady. Yes. Well, that's the, I mean, with sequels, everything is an imitation of the first. But that being said, I also like Duncan's Choi Chess dude. It's true. Too. I do he's like him. Good. And I do like the fact that, like, he is, he's not being preyed upon. He's the aggressor this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everything else is, you know, as good as number two is, you can't help but see that everything else is just a different version of number one. Oh, yeah. For you sure. know, even all the way down to the Kevin, what did you do to my room? Kevin, you spent how many thousands of dollars on room service? <laughs> $1,800 on room service or whatever. Like everything is basically just the greatest hits version of the first. It's just in New York now, which, again, is perfectly fine. But you you got to give credit to the original. Do we, do we even talk about Home Alone 3? No, we don't <laughs> talk about any of those other ones. <laughs> Home Alone 3 with the Russian spies and Johansson and young Scarlett, way too young Scarlett Johansson. No, that's why we're not going to talk about it. The parrot or whatever. The stupid parrot. The remote control car. I did like some of the gags in that movie, though. The the, gags were pretty good. They also would have killed. 100%. They would have electrocuted them. They froze him in the pool, like things like that. Like I enjoyed some of those. There's some good gags there. There's some good. You could pretty much just fast forward and just watch the. The gag just yeah, just go that. to the end. Like, you don't need to watch any of that. No, forget stuff, it, no. forget it. But yeah, Home Alone one's a clear winner. Yep. I think it's one of the greatest Christmas films of all time. I mean, it's it's all not right. even close. All right, so continuing on, we're gonna do just some random all over the map questions here. So Christmas, it's the holiday some... spirit. We're in the holiday That's spirit. Right. We don't care. So we've got a uh, smorgasbord, a uh, buffet of questions. I dig here it for Rick. So next one. This one's kind of a controversial. I don't think it's a really that difficult of a question. Okay. But is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Why? And if, I know that you have to ask a follow-up <laughs> question this time around. It is unequivocally and confidently a Christmas movie. We were talking to one of our coworkers today, Tony, who said, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. No, 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 no. Bullshit. It is a Christmas movie. That movie starts with Christmas music. That movie has Christmas songs out throughout the soundtrack. It's set during a Christmas party. I mean, what more? Like, what more? Have sleigh bells are in the score. Like, sleigh bells are <laughs> in the score of the film. There's not much more else that you need to be a Christmas movie. Now, does it follow the traditional Christmas movie values of togetherness and and family and being together on the holidays? Actually, yeah. Kind of, because he's oh, yeah. trying to save his wife yep. and his kids. And they punch the guy at the end who was kind of a dick. Like, just like everybody gets their comeuppance. So what that it has a bunch of murder and people get shot in the head and drop from buildings and, and Hans Gruber, it's Alan kind, Rickman. It's, it's kind of like its own subgenre of like 
action Christmas. It's or a Christmas, Christmas action, action movie. Yeah, yeah, it's the Christmas Christmas action movie. And I tend to think that you know, um, men there are many Christmas action movies, uh, which we'll talk about a, a little bit later. But I think they all count as Christmas movies. Right. Maybe not as much as Die Hard. All right. Uh, next one. It's a Wonderful Life. So if you go to any, pretty much any site and sure. look up top rated Christmas movie, best Christmas movie of all time. Most sites are going to tell you it's a wonderful life. Right. Overrated, underrated, or or does it deserve to be kind Most, of where it is? Uh, I'm going to answer this with – I'm going to just get right into my controversial opinions <laughs> on some of these older Christmas movies, and that is just I'm not that into them. This goes, this goes with It's a Wonderful Life. This goes with Miracle on 34th Street. David, I'm even go so far as to say this goes with a Christmas story. They're just a little bit before my time, and they did not latch on to me as some of these other films did. All right. I'd venture to say I don't even remember the last time I watched a Christmas story all the way through. Now, that being said, there's a certain objectivity that you need to make when it comes to defining what is the best Christmas movies versus what are our favorites. Because we're going to discuss our favorites and we're going to talk we've already talked about our favorites and our favorites are not necessarily the best having a favorite film does not make it the best in 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 the universe right and i think objectively speaking it's a wonderful life is probably probably properly rated it is one of the best sort of uh, you know, going back to the themes of the Christmas movies of all about this, the united spirit and whatnot. I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is essentially just another play on Scrooge, kind of, mm -hmm. you know, with with the guardian angel taking you around and showing you all this shit that you wouldn't have been, been aware of before and whatnot. So, uh, you know, the story of redemption and the story of being happy with what you have and whatever, like, that's great. That's aces. And you can't discount that. Not to mention the fact you got Jimmy Stewart and, and it's there's so many factors at play with It's a Wonderful Life that I think it is properly rated. But for me, personally speaking, as a film, it's overrated. Like, let's get the new blood in here. Let's get the new. I'm. I told you, I got a weird ass list of favorite Christmas films, and the Wonderful Life is not on it. All right. Uh, next one, Nightmare Before Christmas, Christmas movie or Halloween movie? Both. <laughs> of they, course. They somehow – now, you came up with these questions, so we're doing this little rapid-fire thing here. But they somehow made a film that is both narrow enough to only be watched a certain time of the year, <laughs> but also that certain type of time of the year is broad enough that it lasts October, November, three months. Like, that's – impressive that is something that i can't think of has ever been done before with the movie that movie the second it hits october that movie's in play all the way till new year's day and the same go i mean you look at the haunted mansion in in any of the dis or in disneyland particularly i think is the only yep. one that does it like they change that shit out in in september yep and it is haunted mansion Nightmare Before Christmas all the way till the end of the year. That was going to be my follow-up question to that. Do you like Haunted Mansion 
or Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. I'm I do like the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion better than I like the regular Haunted. I Mansion. would agree on that one too. It's again a, a slightly controversial statement. When you get into some of my favorite theme park rides, I have very like specific answers. Like I think the Jurassic Park ride is one of the greatest rides ever if it's at night. And they have the fog <laughs> machines on and all of the animatronics are working. But if those don't match those, then it's off the list. The same thing with the Haunted Mansion uh, during the, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Like, if all of the animatronics are working and if everything is flowing perfectly as it should, it's one of the best rides out there. It is. It's so much fun. But the fact that they made this movie that can be watched for three months out of the year and it's not out of place at all, that's, again, something that is truly special. Um, and, and it should be celebrated for sure. All right. Next one. Original Grinch, which was not really a movie. It was more of... I mean, it was a TV movie, at, I right, guess. Right, Or Jim Carrey Grinch. Man. Now, this is a tough one because, I mean, it's just a tough one. The The original Grinch is a classic. Like, it is without a doubt one of the greatest, I think, films, Christmas films, whatever it may be, pretty much ever made, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that... Jim Carrey comes in and does this and does this show and 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 puts this all together like that's pretty impressive. It's something that I think only Jim Carrey really could have done. I agree. Um I think that you know, you go from Boris Karloff Boris Karloff <laughs> doing the voice and singing the song to Jim Carrey, that is a very interesting switch. But if but you look at the cat in the hat and what Mike Myers tried to do with that, just to see how successful Jim Carrey was at embodying that character. I remember when that movie came out, it got a lot of negative reviews because it was universal and it was this huge production and it's a movie about not being materialistic whilst also wanting you to buy all of its merch. <laughs> so like I get that and I get that that's really kind of counterproductive of of what it's meant to be um but i'm gonna have to go with the jim carrey grinch for one reason and that is christine barinsky is smoking hot in that movie (laughs) i don't even care i don't even care that she got fake who knows on or whatever (laughs) christine barinsky is is gorgeous in that film as the mama who i don't even remember what her name is She's like the 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 rich lady who. Yep, yep. Aces, man. Uh, straight. That's again. That movie came out in two thousand. I was like 14, 13 when that came out. Eighty six. Yep, fourteen. And you know, fourteen, right? That awoke some things in me that I wasn't aware of before. So I respect that film and I thank that film quite a bit. All right. Well, I'm gonna leave that right there. <laughs> um, Frosty or Rudolph. <sighs> See, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about, some of the older films. Like, these are right These are right on the cusp of we were just young enough for when these movies played on CBS back when there was only a few channels at the mm-hmm. time. We, we, we grew up right as the television revolution kind of started. Mm-hmm. I think when we were kids, when we were like five or six, how many channels were there? 20? Oh. A dozen, maybe, maybe. If you if you had regular TV, if you didn't have cable, there was like six. Right, cable. You had your HBOs and you had your other, but you didn't have hundreds of channels yet. They just started growing as we grew, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so this is one of the few like special times like the I get really nostalgic for these films, much like I get nostalgic for the old do you remember the old two-part miniseries that were like Peter Benchley's The Beast? Yep. And it's yep. a giant squid movie, two nights. Or like the shark movie, Creature, Craig T. Nelson for two nights. Well, they even used to show like like major movies used to debut on TV because that was how I first watched Braveheart. Was right. Braveheart, they showed on back-to-back Sundays, I think it was. Yep. Two straight Sundays, they played the first half, severely edited. Severely because it was edited. on ABC, I think. And then they showed it the next week. They followed it up. And I remember recording it with a VHS tape. Right. And I think I still have it, actually, if the I was to go world broadcast premiere, premiere exactly. of Braveheart or Merlin with Sam Neill. Or, yep. But now you don't get that because now it's like, yeah, it's on HBO and I can Wider. watch it anytime I want. Wider, all those. Yep. So there is a certain level of nostalgia for both Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph. I think I probably have to go with Frosty the Snowman simply because, like, that one had a villain, mm-hmm. you know, and they melted his ass and that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> that one got serious. That one got like, oh, shit. Like, we're getting for real about this. Um, but they're both great. They're both the same type of nostalgic. I'm not so nos- not as nostalgic for the story no. as much as I am for just the stop motion animation and, and the style of it. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm going to have to go with Frosty on that one because that one had higher stakes, I All felt. Right. So before we get into a little bit more, we're going to just throw a couple uh, non-movie, keeping the holiday Keeping season. the holiday spirit alive, absolutely. Favorite holiday meal or entree, whatever you want to call entree it. Entree or whatever. So, uh, again, I'm full of all types of controversial statements for the holidays here. I'd venture to say that I like Christmas meal more than Thanksgiving meal. Okay, I, I can agree with that. Christmas. What's, what's Christmas meal? Christmas meal at the Williamson residence was always big ham. Uh-huh. Fresh cooked, fresh carved, rolls, Hawaiian rolls, all those types of stuff. Um, usually mac and cheese, big, fat, thick, homemade mac and cheese. I My my bring go-to dish for both Thanksgiving and Christmas, I like to put together a bruschetta, toast the bread, bring that all together. I, I, I love making that. It's It's – Really good. I actually finished off all my Thanksgiving bruschetta yesterday. <laughs> um, so that's kind of I, – I really like Christmas more than Thanksgiving. I'm not a big turkey guy. I'm not a big mashed potatoes guy, shockingly enough, for somebody who likes mashed potatoes. So I, I venture towards just the overall Christmas meal kind of in general. But when you got those little Hawaiian rolls that are fresh hot out of the oven, you put a little bit of butter on them, take a little slice of ham, maybe oh, a little absolutely. cheese. Forget it. You want to get crazy? Put a little mac and cheese on there too. Make a little Christmas sandwich for you. Big, big fan of that. What about you? I'm probably I'm probably with you on the ham. Um, there's occasionally where the Melhorn House would step outside of your traditional bubble and go for like something special. There's this thing called Roladen. I believe it's a German dish. Okay. It's where they get really thin uh, pieces of I think it's steak, flank steak or something like that. And you, it takes a lot of work. You like actually roll it up around a piece of ham, and then it sits in like gravy and like slow cooks. Ugh. And like you put a toothpick through it, so it's finger food. Mm. It's pretty good. Also, you know, when we're talking about holidays, things that I seem to eat an ungodly amount of, and it's probably because people used to always send it to my dad as like gifts from other businesses and that, and we get them sometimes here at the office. Summer sausage, mm-hmm. cheese, yep. and some Ritz crackers. Lots of sausage. Bring in that Pepperidge Farm. Bring Absolutely. it in. Absolutely. I I eat an 
unhealthy amount of of sausage yep. and cheese. Yep. Also, I want to give a shout out to Harry David. Some pears. Okay. I do. Yeah, I do yeah. enjoy a pear every now and then during the holiday season. Some of that moose munch. But also, I would. I would be remiss if i did not mention one of my most favorite holiday treats and this is thanksgiving through christmas but it's the traditionist traditional uh danish kringle all right kringle is out of we fucking got, control dude we got one of those at the office we didn't did we, the other day? yeah one of our co-workers nora who who actually just just got married this last week shout out so to nora congratulations mazel tov, nora um, got a Kringle as a gift, and she's like, I'm not eating this. Like, I'm getting married in a week. And I totally respect that, so I'm willing to take that bullet. <laughs> Gladly and happily willing to take that bullet. But if you haven't had Kringle before, it is basically a very, very light puff pastry that is just folded over with butter. Just fold that some bitch over with butter. Fold it over again, fold it over again. And then you typically stuff it with, like, a fresh uh, pecan like almost a, a pie filling. Loose almost. Not yeah. not quite. Yeah. But you could do it with cinnamon, you could do it with apple or whatever, but the true Kringle is with pecan. Yeah. And it's crazy good. You warm that little bit up, you put a little whipped cream on it. Mm, that's Christmas right there. Well, and, and given the title of our podcast, I'd be remiss to not mention those good old cans of popcorn yep. where you got the cheddar, the caramel, and, and, the, and the, the classic, butter. the yep. butter. Those those holiday cans that we always wind up showing up somehow just a somehow. big bucket of popcorn and you take a bite and you're like this is all right but then you somehow end up going back for more thirty and more minutes and more yeah and thirty more minutes hands. later it's like you blacked out you have cheese dust all over your shirt and half the bucket's gone that and you being don't know said my favorite is the 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 powdery cheese one Definitely. I like mixing them up Chicago style there you go there that's you go that's the way to go about it yeah. uh, favorite holiday drink for me you know I'm not a big alcohol person no but you're not for me. You know, nothing says holidays like a nice glass of some Martinelli's, mm. some of that apple cider. Some of that warm apple cider. I actually go for the cold version really? out of the bottles. Yep. Really? Yep. Well, if you don't, you are a cold Canadian That's with a true. black hole for a heart. So <laughs> you would probably like that a lot. I like taking the traditional um, drinks and putting booze in them. So you got your spiced apple rum. or Well, yeah, you got your spiced apple spiced cider. Spiced cider with some rum. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to throw some rum in it. You got your, like, some hot chocolate. You know what we're going to do? We're going to throw some cinnamon vanilla Baileys in that summer. We're going to make it Irish. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> um, some really, really fun, drunk, warm Christmas drinks that you can make that I'm a really, really big fan of. Uh, so, yeah, whatever is your favorite traditional Christmas drink, take that, warm it up, and put a little booze in it. I'll probably enjoy it quite a bit. I like it. All right. Well, keeping keeping along with talking about our movies and our, our classics. Yes. We, we put, talked about this a little bit. We did. Uh, kind of continuing on to this, and this is all going to set up. We're going to actually go through. We created a bracket, and I'll talk about that more uh -huh. in a second. But we're going to be talking about, and we're going to be you know going head-to-head -head with some holiday classics, picking out who which holiday movie reigns supreme. Yes. Uh, which... We kind of stole the thunder away from a little bit because we already know yours and my favorites. Right. Um, but that kind of brings me back to what makes a holiday classic. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, Santa Claus involved, presents, you know, family getting together. Right. Although I think a lot of people, that's what they think about. Um, but we've we've put together a list of some of the great classics in that but there's a lot of times 
where movies come out. Like this year, we've got Daddy's Home 2, which is all centered around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Bad Mom's Christmas. Like there always seem to be both comedy sequels. Both comedy sequels. Yep, yep. I mean, and and that seems to be, you know, last year we had uh, the night before. I think it yep. was last year. Maybe I think it, was it was two, two years, years ago. Two, two years, years ago, ago, I think. Uh, but every year we get some. It seems like comedy. Last year was Office Party. We had the Office Party, yep. Christmas Party one. You were very high on that film. I, I was, and I still never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, what? What, in your opinion, makes a Christmas classic? And I know you think differently than it's true than the the normal person. So I'm gonna give the objective answer, and then I'm gonna give my answer. All right. And the objective answer is that. It should be set during the holidays, and the holidays should be the driving force of the plot. You know, that's that's from somebody who went to film school and got a degree in filmmaking and screenwriting. That's what makes your traditional Christmas movie is that the plot of the narrative is is holiday centric. And a lot of my favorite movies are not. Some of them are, but a lot of my favorite Christmas movies are, uh, Christmas movies are not. And those tend to fall into the traditional category. Whether you're talking about your Christmas vacations or your Scrooged or your Elves or your Grinches, like those are all driven by the holiday season. The direct conflict in those movies is directly tied into the holidays. And I think that's what makes sort of your Christmas classic. Now, that doesn't mean that just because your movie is set during Christmas is not a Christmas movie. Those are definitely Christmas movies. I actually, even though we didn't plan on making a top ten, uh, I made a couple of top tens. Um, and as I said, of I've course already, you couldn't even do a single top no, ten. No, I made you two had to do top tens. A couple tens, of so it's tens. twenty. Not only can he not pick a top ten, he has to do multiple top. Now tens. we're doing twenty. Um, because I did separate them that way. I didn't mix them or, or, or kind of fold them in with one another. I will tell you right now, you know, the three films that do not show up on any of these lists are A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, and Miracle on 34th Street. They're just not there. They're not there because I don't care about them, David. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Are they fine films that mean a lot to certain people? Yeah, sure. And that's great. I'm not taking that away from you. You're 100% correct to love it. But you know what? I don't. And I'm not going to apologize for it. But I will. what I will do is list off what I think are the traditional Christmas movies that are sport, sort of my top ten. And then the weird ones, as I like to call it. So these are in no particular order. But obviously, I'm going to start with Scrooged. I think Scrooged is a traditional Christmas movie. It's the Scrooge story, um, just modified with Bill Murray's smart-ass humor. And it gets super dark. And I, and I love it. But then you have Elf and The Grinch and The Nightmare Before Christmas, as we talked about before. Every single one of those films has the holidays as the driving force behind it. Home Alone as well, Christmas Vacation, The Santa Claus, those kind of go without saying. I threw in Jingle All the Way as well. Now, that one is purely based on nostalgia. <laughs> it's not a good movie at all. But it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's holiday movie, damn it, and I'm going to show some respect to it. Um, and then we also have... Um, the last two is I have the Polar Express, which, as you and I have discussed, did not have as great of reviews as we remember when it came out. It got a lot of buzz, I feel like, because of the book, probably. The book, and it was motion capture. It was it's one true. of the 
first instances, Robert Zemeckis, and I don't think Robert Zemeckis gets enough love for this, but that dude is always pushing technology, almost in the same way that James Cameron is always pushing technology. And Zemeckis was one of the first people to start using motion capture to animate characters in films. Now, he did it a little bit differently than Cameron did it. Cameron went photoreal with Avatar. But what Zemeckis did is he went the animated route. And he did Beowulf with Ray Winstone first, which was a little weird. He did The Polar Express with Tom Hanks. He did Monster House. And he did. He even went back and did A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. Now, that one never resonated with me for whatever yeah. reason. But I think it's the music of the Polar Express. It's the score of it. And the fact that Tom Hanks is involved, like, I, I just really enjoy it. And then, of course, Charlie Brown Christmas. Big fan of the Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, the music, the little pathetic tree that he gets. Like, mm. it's the message that, you know, everything is good enough. You know what I mean? So those are the traditional films. And then there are my weird ones. And I guarantee you I will be way more likely to watch these films than any of the other films that I've listed <laughs> so far. And those are those are the movies like – I'm just going to blanket statement Shane Black movies in general. Movies that Shane Black has written that are set during Christmas but maybe – don't revolve around the holiday as a driving force. He does like the holiday time period There's or just season. Something cool about action movies set during Christmas. I'm talking about Lethal Weapon. I'm talking about Long Kiss Goodnight, The Last Boy Scout, Iron Man Three is another great example, and one of my favorites, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yep. which I would very much argue is a Christmas movie. It has Michelle Monaghan dressed as a a sexy Santa, which again, going back to Grinch, there's a pattern here. <laughs> that that is disturbing, but I will not apologize for because different people like different things, David, and that's totally fine. <laughs> now, beyond Shane Black, I have a few other action movies. Die Hard is obviously on the list as well. Ben Affleck's Reindeer Games, baby. That movie fucking sucks. That movie is not a good movie at all, but damn it, do I enjoy it. I enjoy that movie. That movie is really enjoyable. It's <laughs> dumb as hell. It's violent. It's mean, but it's awesome. <laughs> Charlie Stern gets naked in it too. Man, got, I'm going down a dark path with these it's holidays. It's got a great season. twist in it too. Yeah, excellent twist. Gary Sinise, come on. Come on. Dennis Farina, Danny Trejo, the cast is stacked. It is. Right? That's great action film. <laughs> um, but then you also have like Batman Returns, one of the few superhero movies, Iron Man 3 notwithstanding, that is set during Christmas, during the snow which I find to be a very interesting setting for kind of the superhero proceedings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because uh, Christmas is definitely heavily involved in that movie. Oh, yeah. Christmas mistletoe, parties, mistletoes, all that exactly kind of stuff. Right. Yep. I also have Gremlins on there. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, one of the best sort of 80s-style scary comedy action creature features set during Christmas. Um, and then I have... Krampus kind of to built built off of Gremlins, very much in the same vein as Gremlins, where you have a lot of animatronic creatures terrorizing people during the holiday season. That one's fairly new. Yep. I really enjoyed that one. And then of course Bad Santa, uh, which is Bad Santa. <laughs> that movie technically falls in line with the traditional Christmas, except it's dirty it's as hell. One of the few rated R dirty as hell. So, yeah, so there are traditional movies that, that fit within that quote-unquote Christmas classic mode, if you will. But I also think that there's a lot of movies that maybe slightly veer away 
from what you're normally seeing and give you a little bit extra. I love those Christmas movies that kind of slip into another genre, like the gross-out comedy or the stoner comedy with um, with uh, The Night Before, or the scary movies like Gremlins or Krampus or Krumpus, depending on how you present it, and those action movies as well. So if you can find a way to fold in other genres with Christmas, I'm going to pay attention. I find that to be interesting, um, and they're usually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously, I think, if you can find a way to use Christmas in a movie that's not about Christmas, right. I think you get a little bit of nostalgia for people. Like there's there's just something about seeing the snow and some of the lights uh-huh. and like just incorporating that that I think kind of endears a movie to people, even if even if it's like not an amazing movie like Reindeer Games. There's right. something that's fun about like seeing people dress up as Santa Claus and rob places it allows and things you, like that. Exactly. It allows you to play with the conventions of the time. It's like when you see somebody getting strangled with, with a string of Christmas lights. Like take, for example, Black Christmas. Sure. Um, both the remake and the previous version where you take traditional Christmas imagery and you put a very, very sinister spin on it. Like taking those traditional... Uh, you know, uh, symbols and the traditional imagery and what you're traditionally used to seeing and using it is as the backdrop of incredible violence or terror or, or, you know, dirty jokes like that takes you out of your comfort zone. It, It plays on your expectations of those certain things. And, that's just from from like a mental standpoint. That's stimulating. That's interesting. Sure. Um, so that's why I like that kind of stuff. All right. Well, that's going to lead us into. We're going to close out this with the a, main a, event. The main event. We're going to go through basically what we did, and, and we put together a bracket of the top thirty-two Christmas movies. And the way that we kind of put this together was, we looked at first and foremost kind of gathered the consensus of what the internet critics, all of that had ranked as their top Christmas movies. Sure. Uh, so that played a factor, not the only factor, uh, but that played a factor in creating this list. Um, but then we also kind of added to it how much of a Christmas movie is. So we did rankings like March Madness one through thirty two mm-hmm. as far as teams. I know there's regions in March Madness, but yeah, we didn't do any. Regions uh, we didn't here. do regions, but we we set it up and ranked them one to thirty two. So one is playing thirty two in the first round, um, and what we did was we went through and answered them, and we actually posted this. So if you follow our Twitter, or Facebook, that you can chime in and and make your votes on that from that standpoint right um there's some other lists and brackets out there uh, but ours i think is biasly the best yeah you can be before before we get too into it i want to do, do our little shout out you can find this on our website popcorndietpodcast.com you can also find it on any of our social media if you're not following us do us a favor and give us a follow you can find us on twitter on facebook on instagram at the popcorn diet uh and you can find links to this bracket at all of those different locations we're not being shy about it for sure absolutely and i did want to before we get into ours and i'm going to basically take rick through it and we're going to do it live rick's opinion we're going to fill bracket. out my bracket we're going to fill out rick's back live i've already filled out mine and it's online 
um, you can go on there and vote. We want to see what you guys think, and and we'll uh, we'll sometime right before Christmas we'll kind of give the results. We're going to leave it open through Christmas, and we'll give the results of uh, what was the consensus of of all of our followers and podcast listeners. Um, but I did want to before we get into ours, I did want. If you go on, you know, we've talked about Rotten Tomatoes and, and how sure. goofy Rotten Tomatoes can be. Yeah. And it's so been they, the they news, ha- it's been in the news a couple times lately. They have a top 25 Christmas movie list. And I'm just going to run through it for you. And then, you know, you just you just spurt out whatever com- you think about comment. it. So number one, White Christmas. Or no, sorry. Reverse order. Number 25, White Christmas. Okay. 20, I was about to freak the fuck out for a second. 24, Bad Santa. Okay. 23, Bishop's Wife. What? From 1948. Great. 22, Batman Returns. <laughs> 20, yeah. 21, Christmas Carol. Which one? Uh, 1951. Okay. Old uh, movie. Number 20, Gremlins. All right. 19, Elf. Wow. Okay. 18, Trading Places. Yeah, yeah, Trading Places was one I debated talking about, but it is it is on many lists. 17, Christmas in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, or that was uh, 17, sorry. 16, Tokyo Godfathers. Fuck off. <laughs> Seriously? 15, Better Watch Out, 2017 movie. That in... In their defense, what? they just automatically rank these based off of the highest rated. Okay. And Better Watch Out actually came out in 2017. Never heard of it. Okay. But it so far has a 91% fresh rating. It has Levi Miller, Olivia Dijon, or yeah, Dion, a horror movie. Ed Oxenbold, and Dacre Montgomery. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I did. I did check this out. I'm actually int- very interested in this film. Um Okay, I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm going to check that out. I want to check this movie out. Better watch out. Thank All you for reminding me of this. Rick, Rick and I are going to check it out. I'm just going to read the Wikipedia spoilers. Rick and I are going to check it out, and we're going to report back what All right, we think all right. It. I'm not mad about it. Uh, number 14, and I've seen this movie. I don't know whether you've seen this. This was a weird movie. All right. Not your traditional Christmas movie. Yeah. Rare Exports. Yes. A Christmas tale. Yes. Where Those Santa's fucking crazy like a, Swedes. Santa's like a buried monster. Yes. In, <laughs> yes. That escapes. They accidentally dig up and starts going off killing people. Yep. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally into it. It was, uh, it it was, was pretty Swedish fun. film, I think. It, it was Swedish. Yeah. It was very... Or er, Finnish. 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 Oh, God. I apologize. Absolutely. Uh, number 13... Un Cante de Noel, right. a Christmas tale. Okay. Spanish one. I uh, apologize. My 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 lack of culture is showing. I'm Canadian, so. Uh, number 12, The Miracle what of Morgan. Are you Mor- going to fucking pass just because you're Canadian? <laughs> the, the Miracle of Morgan's Creek. What? Okay. Number 11, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Sure. 10, Charlie Brown Christmas. All right. Nine, Christmas Story. Okay. Eight, Arthur's Christmas. <laughs> I actually watched it. It came out in 2011. Yeah. It's actually not a bad Christmas movie. Sure. It got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's because they're suckers for Christmas. It's true. Uh, Number seven, Die Hard. All right. Number six, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Number five, the original, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. Number four, the shop and uh, the shop around the corner, 1940. Okay. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Uh, number three, Holiday Inn. Number two, Old. the uh, the original Miracle on 
34th Street. Old. And number one, It's a Wonderful Life. Old. Fucking so. old ass. Old. No Scrooged on there at all. No respect. No respect. No respect for it. All right. So this was a factor. Obviously, this was one of the sites that I used to help kind of formulate it. I apologize. There are some. We did 32 total. There are some that were off the list. You will see very quickly if you take this that I did discriminate against chick flick. The, the traditional chick romantic flick. Romantic comedy Christmas movies. We did get one on there. But also, you discriminated against my action movies for the most part as well. I did. So if anybody's going to cry foul about the chick flick discrimination, let's go to the other side and talk about the discrimination for the red-blooded American male I, not getting in with the, with the action films. I stuck a little bit more traditional. We did get a few actions in there. Uh, they are ranked lower. Remember now, the rankings as we go through this are not off of like which one's the best movie. Right. It's which one's the best Christmas movie. Right. So, again, you fill out the bracket how there's you some want. Weird, there's some weird, uh, what's the word, rankings here. And you know what? Listen, we understand that. There's some weird rankings here. But if you have a problem with it, go start your own podcast <laughs> to make your own bracket. That's right. This is our bracket. So these are our rankings, and this is what we've put together. Absolutely. So with with uh, with no more waiting around, let's do uh, it. I'm we ready. will start. So Rick, in our first matchup, yes. the one versus the thirty-two seed. One versus thirty-two. We have it's a wonderful life. Yep. Versus reindeer. Game. Oh shit! Well, I think that I'm not gonna get too much into this here. I'm voting for my favorites. That's what I want put down. I want it noted. I want it historically recorded that I am voting for my favorites. This is not an objective bracket right here. So I'm not voting for It's a Wonderful Life because it's number one, because everybody says it's the best Christmas movie ever. I'm not a big fan of it. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm going with Ben Affleck and Charlize Theron and an old, grizzled, jank-ass-looking Gary Sinise in Reindeer Games for the upset, 32 Big over number upset. one right there. Big upset, Big upset right off the bat. All right. Knocking the number one seed out. So we will move on to uh, – we're going to do this the bracket style. So seven versus eight, which is Frosty the Snowman versus okay. Die Hard. Frosty the Snowman versus Die Hard here. We got uh, – I mean, it's there's there's almost I don't have quite the animosity for Frosty the Snowman as I said previously. I enjoy it. They go and they melt that guy like <laughs> they, there are stakes at play. But Die Hard's Die Hard. Die Hard's one of the best films, one of the best action films ever made. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going Die Hard. And I and I correction that was the 16 versus 17. 16 versus 17. Frosty was 16. Die Hard was 17. 17 ranked for Die Hard. I know. Uh, moving on, we've got the nine versus the twenty-four. Seed. Yes, and coming in at ninth ranked is Nightmare Before Christmas all versus right. twenty-four. Jingle all the way. This is where I was a little aggressive when it comes to Reindeer Games over It's a Wonderful Life. This I'm not so aggressive on. All right, I totally understand that this is going to be a funky aspect. But it's Turbo Man. <laughs> it's Simbad. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's those are my cookies. Put the cookie down. <laughs> Phil Hartman. Peak douchebag Phil Hartman. He does play Pour a one out for douchebag douche Phil Hartman. He's fantastic in it. Despite the fact that this movie's batshit insane and not really that good at all, I'm going with Jingle all the way. I like it. 
All right, moving on. We have a couple more, couple of, uh, couple of more traditional old movies ass movies here. I got that Rick's from. really passionate about. Uh, we have the eight versus twenty five seed. The uh, Christmas Story uh-huh. is the eight seed versus the remake Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Richard Attenborough, Academy yep. Award winning director. A year after playing John Hammond in Jurassic Park, he cashes in with this Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street remake. Despite my tr- my previous trashing of A Christmas Story, I'm going to go with that. There's a lot of great things about A Christmas Story. You shoot your eye out, the licking of the pole, the, the Red Rider, all that kind of stuff. Great stuff in A Christmas Story. There's some iconic things from there. Th- there's some big iconic stuff in there, so I'm going to give the nod to A Christmas Story. All right. Moving on, we have the 4 seed versus the 29 seed, yeah. which is... A miracle. We have Miracle on 34th Street again, the original, which yeah. I think most people will say is is better than the the remake, obviously. Uh-huh. Versus Upstart Arthur Christmas, one of the newer kids on the scene from Christmas movies. I know that there's probably a small Venn diagram of crossover people that listen to this podcast and do like March Madness <laughs> brackets here, but this is like that one that matchup that you don't care about. Like, there's two teams that you're just not really that invested in. You know that they're not going to go all the way. So that's where I usually pick the traditional powerhouse lineup of the two. So I'm going to go with Miracle on 34th Street. That's like the Xavier or the Villanova of this lineup here. It might not make it all the way, but you, I know the name. So I'm going to pick that over Arthur Christmas. You know, I am a big fan of one. of. I'm not big into It's a Wonderful Life. Even a Christmas story. Miracle on 34th Street is the one that I kind of enjoyed from that standpoint. I don't know why. I I honestly couldn't. If you held a gun to my head and were like, tell me in, you know, write a five paragraph essay on any of these movies, I couldn't do it. (laughs) I couldn't fucking do it, dude. I couldn't even tell you, like, Miracle on 34th Street, like, it's like department store Santa might be real Santa. Is that right? Yeah. And at least in the new one, I know they think he's insane for thinking he's Santa, so right. they get him committed. Right, of course. And then obviously everything starts going wrong yeah. and they, you know, whatever. But I barely, I pulled that out of my ass. I barely remember that, so, oh well. All right, 13 versus 20, we have a matchup of Rudolph in the 13th seed versus number 20, Polar Express. I almost always tend to lean towards going the new here. Uh, I'm not super passionate about Polar Express, but it does have a couple of really good songs in it. So I'm going with Polar Express, despite the fact that Tom Hanks has creepy dead glass eyes in that film. Pretty much every person in that movie has got creepy dead <laughs> glass eyes. It's but true. I'm into it. It leans into the tradition and it leans into the magic of the holidays big time. All right, next up in the 12 seed, we have uh, Bing Crosby and Holiday Inn versus How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I will clarify, this is the 2001. This is the Jim Carrey one. The original did not make it because I excluded it because it was a TV was movie TV from special. that show. And I didn't put any TV specials really on here other than you could – I included the, the all-time classics of Rudolph and, and Frosty from that standpoint. But they're a little bit different. That's true. So uh, – but Holiday Inn versus How the Grinch. You know, my parents are probably going to listen to this podcast and they're probably going to feel a very high level of shame for the <laughs> lack of respect that I have for the classics. Bing Crosby, I mean, come on. Like, we're throwing out some big names here. But I'm going with The Grinch. I don't remember fucking Holiday Inn. I don't know what that movie's about. I don't know what that movie's about, David. Gun in my head. What's Holiday Inn about? You're going to have to shoot me. So I'm going Grinch on that one. If you ever, Same is true of the next one for that matter. If you ever want to take down Rick and movie trivia... 
find a classic Christmas holiday Old trivia. Old-ass <laughs> Christmas movies will be are my kryptonite, essentially. If you ever play Rick and seen it, he dominates. But if you can find one that focuses just on the niche of classic Christmas movies. You win. You'll take them down. You'll take me down. Very specific. I should mention that you mentioned seen it one time. Really good buddy of mine, also named Rick, uh, Richard DeWinter, um, purchased, uh, and this is a while ago, the James Bond specific seen it, and he's a James Bond nut, and he whooped my ass <laughs> at that game. So it's, it's possible. Good. You need a little bit of humility it's in that. It's happened, okay? It's, it's definitely happened. All right, moving right along. The five versus the 28. Five is White Christmas versus... Number 28, Gremlins. And again, Gremlins is a great movie, just not really heavy on the Christmas side. So that's why it's got the low ranking. But this is your bracket. I don't know what, Where are you going? I don't know what White Christmas is at all. <laughs> Gremlins is one of my favorites. I'm going Gremlins. Simple as that. No respect. I don't care. Apologies to the Bing Crosby Apologies estate. to Bing Crosby and anybody who likes Christmas movies before 1960. All right. Jumping up to the other side of the bracket where we have the two seed, uh, which is National Lampoon's. Christmas Vacation yes. versus our buddy Ernest saving Ernest Christmas. Sa and Ernest did, in fact, save Christmas, but it's not the Griswolds. It's not Chevy no. Chase. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, genuinely one of the best Christmas movies Absolutely. ever made. And that's that belongs in the two seed, and it will proceed. All right. Number 15 versus number 18. We have a classic again, Babes in Toyland, which is kind of your slapstick comedy. Sure toy sort of centered around that sure uh versus sleeping giant in the bracket yep. home alone 2 last in new york no one no one expects home alone 2 to go very far but you know what babes in toyland and all of the remakes about it babes in toyland is going to be the name of my strip club when i open it <laughs> in 20 years dave i'm just gonna call babes I'm in toyland i'm sure you won't get sued over that i'm gonna get i'm gonna be rich on that you know what couldn't tell you anything about that movie home alone 2 features um, what should be several deaths. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going home alone too, 100%. All right. And that was the 15 versus 18 seed. Yes. Uh, moving on to our next one, we have the 10 versus the 23 seed pairing of a couple old classics. Oh, you say classics. I just say old. We have the original, original A Christmas Carol and with Alistair Sin and we've got the original Scrooge not to be confused with Scrooge uh from 1970 man this one's really tough because is that the George C Scott uh, Scrooge I think it is but I'm not 100% sure on uh, it uh it is um I'm going to go they're both the Christmas Carol, but I'm going to go with George C. Scott on this one. All right. Talk about an old, crotchety, curmudgeon-y son of a bitch. George C. Scott played that like nobody's business, so I'm going Scrooge with that one. All right. Next, we have a couple of newer movies yep. going against each other. Number seven seed, Elf. Big big fan favorite from big recent years. Big fan favorite, yep. Versus number 26, The Lone Rom-Com rom in here, Love Actually. Elf. I, I hope I do not know. I'm gonna make an admi I'm gonna make an admission here. I don't think I've ever seen Love Actually. Wow, is that shocking to you? Not really. Exactly. <laughs> I'm picking Elf. All right, number three seed, Home Alone, the All original right. versus Batman Returns. This is difficult. I mean, it's not difficult. Like, it's gonna be Home Alone. Like, there's no there's no question here. It's Home Alone. But man, the fact that 
Batman Returns has got to get done dirty like that, that early, that's tough. It's like when you follow a college team, going back to the sports reference, which, I don't. again, we don't know how much crossover <laughs> What the crossover is. is. But, you know, uh, it's like when your favorite team has been struggling to get into the tournament yep. and they get into the tournament, yep. and then they got to play Duke, like, right out the gate. Yeah, except like, well, people like Home Alone better than Duke. Way better it's than true. Duke. No, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's Home Alone. There's it's no, alone. there's no drama there. It's all right. Home Alone. Number fourteen, Charlie Brown Christmas versus number nineteen, one of my favorites, The Santa Claus. Man, this is another tough one because I like both of these movies quite a bit. Oh man, I might even have to go because I've 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 gone through this bracket before here. The Santa Claus is good. It's really good, but Charlie Brown Christmas is just. I mean, again, neither of these are going to beat Home Alone. <laughs> so I'm going to go with their traditional. I'm going to go with Charlie Brown Christmas on this one. Goes I think with that's, Charlie Brown. I think All it's right. a little bit of a change up there, but I'm going to go Charlie Brown Christmas on that one. All right. Next up in the meeting of the number 11 seed yes. versus the 22 seed, 11 seed, the Muppet Christmas Carol. All right. Muppets getting into that Christmas money. Hell yeah. And number 22 about as far opposite as a Muppet Christmas Carol, Bad Santa. <laughs> That's a great point, actually. <laughs> David, I'm going to ask you, what do you think I pick here? Bad Santa. I'm not. I'm going Muppets. It's true. You do have a soft spot for Muppets. I do so have a soft not, spot for the Muppets. It's not completely shocking. Despite my well-documented dirty mind, the Muppets are the Muppets, man. And it's Michael Caine as Scrooge is pretty great. Uh, it's hard to beat the Muppets. I'm going Christmas Carol on I, that one. Soft spot for me right yep. there. All right. Well, this one's an easy one. Tough matchup for the the Finns. Tough matchup for number the Finns. Number six here. versus number twenty-seven. Scrooge versus Rare Exports: A Christmas Tale. So I'm going to predict Scrooge is going to run the table on this right here, right now. We, we all kind of know that. We go ahead and yeah. end this as we speak. But I'm definitely going Scrooge. There's no, Rare Exports is dope. It's weird as hell. It's violent. It's creepy. It's Finnish, but it's not Scrooged. It's just not. All right, so now we move into the second round. Second round, let's this blow will move a little these. bit quicker. We've got Reindeer Games versus Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Sorry, Die Hard's better action movie. All right, next up we have the good old Arnold and Jingle All the Way versus yep. A Christmas Story. I want to set up an Arnold versus Bruce Willis matchup. I'm going Jingle All the Way on that one. In the bottom of our round 16 on this half of the bracket, we have Miracle on 34th Street. Versus Polar Express. Not Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> Polar Express will be moving on. All right. Next one, we've got Battle of some Green... Some Green Creatures. Green Creatures in How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus Gremlins. I like how that worked out, actually. But I'm going Gremlins. Those little mean green sons of bitches. I'm definitely going Gremlins on that one. All right. Next up, a really difficult yeah. second-round matchup. One that, that's tough to see this early in the tournament. We've got National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation versus Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. An absolutely savage matchup that Christmas Vacation is going to take. All right, moving along, we've got Scrooge, the classic Scrooge, yep. versus upstart juggernaut, the elf. I don't know if you've seen a pattern here, Buddy David. Buddy the elf. I don't know if you've seen this pattern, but if you old, you're out. Buddy the elf, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is the movie Elf. All right. 
Next up, we've got Home Alone versus the classic. The the one classic you actually are kind of a fan of true. is Charlie Brown's Christmas. Home Alone's still going to win on that one. Home Alone's one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Cannot deny it. All right. Now we've got two soft spots going up it's against true. each other. we got Muppets rough. Christmas Carol versus Scrooge. I hate to do the Muppets dirty like this, but Scrooge is, is – listen, spoiler alert. Scrooge is winning this tournament, Okay. But I'm going, Muppets going down, Scrooged is moving forward. Bill Murray cannot be beat. Yeah, just to give an update, in early polling, Muppets Christmas Carol is actually beating in that match. For the for the people who've already taken for this poll? For the people that have already well, taken this poll. that's fucking stupid and wrong, <laughs> and people need to watch Scrooged again. All right, now we're into our final eight, and we've got a elite. matchup of the action stars. The elite for the first eight. matchup. We've got Bruce Willis. Die Hard versus Arnold's Jingle All the Way. Die Hard for sure. Like that's not Jingle All the Way has made it this far by being. Goofy it had a good run and nostalgic. It had a good run. You can't compete against Sean McClain. It's that Cinderella team that should be happy that they made it to the. You Elite should eight. be very happy. This is going to do wonders for your program. Exactly. And next up, we've got Polar Express versus those little guys, the Gremlins. The twenty seed and the twenty eight seed. The twenty eight seed. The little engine that could. People, those little people's brackets just went to crap in this. Nobody, region. nobody predicted that these late seeds were going to make a run for it. But the Gremlins is moving in to my final four. All right, and then another tough matchup yeah. for an eight, lead uh, eight matchup. We've got National Lampoon's Christmas versus Elf. Can I say the two seed had a rough road to the final the, or to the to the final? The four two here. seed had to be a juggernaut to get through here. And you know what? It is. It's not going to end here. I love Buddy the Elf. I love Will Ferrell. It's a modern classic, but does not beat Chevy Chase. Chevy does Chase, not beat take the it Griswolds. Down. Does not beat the Shitters Full. Does not beat the Fried Cat. Does not beat any of those. <laughs> this one, though. And then the, the toughest matchup of the oh. Elite Eight is Scrooge. Versus Home Alone. The three seed versus the six seed. This is the game where you wish both teams could advance. You just wish that they could play it out and advance. This is when you get that final. This is essentially the finals right here. But because of the brackets, because of the way that the... the seeding works. Because of know? the way the seeding fell, we get this matchup at the Elite Eight. We don't even get it at the Final Four. We get it at the Elite Eight. And as I told you before, nothing can beat Bill Murray. Scrooged is amazing. It has such an irreverent attitude. It's naughty. It's 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 not for kids. It's a PG thirteen movie. It's relatively dark, but it also still has that one like that really great message. And when you see Bill Murray get to play a prick for the first half of the movie, <laughs> and then get to turn into that joyous, happy Bill Murray at the end of the movie, Scrooge is just the best. And it's gonna have to pass Home Alone to make it into what is a very interesting lopsided final four in terms of seating. Quick uh quick random trivia question for you. Okay. Without looking, do you know how old Kevin McAllister was in the original? Well, was who how old he was portrayed? Uh not old, how old uh he was. Well, he says it at the store. He says, "Ma'am, I'm something years old." I don't know, is he nine or ten? He's eight years old. Eight years old. An eight year old doing all that Jesus, stuff. Jesus, I gotta rethink that whole like if I was an eight year old, I'd be screwed. <laughs> I would be dead. All right. Um 
Eight-year-old can't handle Bill Murray. We are in the final four, which features a 17 seed versus a 28 seed. Yep. Die Hard versus Gremlins in our first matchup. Man, this is this is where it gets really hard. But as good as Gremlins is, Gremlins is responsible for the PG-13 rating. Gremlins has one of the greatest all-time dark like monologues with Phoebe Cates talking about how her dad died on Christmas. It's got some of the best physical effects gags. It's got one of the most genuinely terrifying sequences in a movie when the fucking science teacher is in the dark classroom. Turn on a light, science teacher. <laughs> Jesus. And then they find him, like, stabbed to death or whatever. Gremlins is, is a genuinely great film, but it's not Die Hard. And Die Hard is going to go to the championship round. Die Hard, Gremlins. making it all the way to the championship. John McClane. John McClane, baby. Can't All right. Kill, can't kill John McClane. And no let up here on easy matchups. No. This is the final four. So National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation versus Scrooge. Like I said, these are two these are two powerhouses. These are two of the greatest of all time. Scrooge might be a little bit of a fringe player. They might they might be in, in, in an independent, you know, um, an independent conference, they might be a little bit like Notre Dame, you know, where they're good, but they're not really part of the group or anything like that. And Christmas Vacation is just that they are they are they're so good. We've already talked about how good both of these movies are. And I've already told you, I've told you from the very beginning that Scrooge is going to win this thing. That means that Scrooge is going over Christmas Vacation to take on John McClane in the finals. And we already know your thoughts on this, but Rick's finals here. Die Hard versus Scrooge. Scrooge, Scrooge takes, it. takes it down. Scrooge is my all-time favorite Christmas movie. There is no question about it. There were a couple of tough choices in here. Damn, it was difficult. But ultimately, it was pretty great. That's a pretty great bracket. That's a lot of fun to have. And, and I definitely think that's, without a doubt, in my twisted little world, Scrooge is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And as much as you have a different view on Christmas movies, you still ended up with a relatively traditional Christmas movie. Not like a classic traditional, but a traditional type of story. Yeah. You didn't, if had Die Hard won it, then it would have been a true Rick like it would have been view a true, on like, Christmas. Yeah, crazy. Well, but, Scrooge, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm sure that they've made modern retellings of A Christmas Carol. But from what I can remember, some of the more modern retellings of A Christmas Carol tell it back in ye olden time anyways. That nobody's oh, updated it to where like fucking Donald Trump wakes up and realizes that he should stop being a dick. <laughs> like nobody's done that yet. Nobody ever will. So Scrooge, even though it was set in the 80s, is again, I could be wrong here. I don't have the stats in front of me. There could be another version of A Christmas Carol that was made. But I think Scrooge might be the most modern, updated version of A Christmas Carol that I can think of. Yeah, I think there's probably some out there, but as far as like having any kind of glimpse of success right. and, and love, yep. that's probably the only that's that's probably the only one. I will ask you this. Okay. So Christmas movies, Christmas Carol, we were just talking about it. Remade over and over and over again. You can find between Christmas Carol and Scrooge, there's a lot of different versions. Yeah, there is. So, do you think any of these other movies will get remade into a modern one at some point? Will we ever get a newer version of uh, Christmas Vacation? Will we ever get a newer version of Die Hard? 
Will anybody have the balls ever to remake Die Hard with well, someone yeah, else? Well, yeah, they have or, remade Die Hard. But, like, I mean, actually call it Die Hard. I don't think so, man. I, I think that anything, that, especially in the day now where you see the remake sequel trend happening, where Jurassic World is essentially Jurassic Park, but it's a sequel because they don't discount what happened before. Or you look at Star Wars movies, same thing. Like, it's a sequel, but it's essentially a remake. I don't think you'll ever get to a point again where you get something that is so important as Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol that it can be used as the template for so many different movies. I mean, if you think about it, a majority of these movies use The Christmas Carol as a template anyways. Sure. You know, in uh, different uh, ways. somebody who's soured against the season or whatever, you know, finding redemption. Yep. You know, it's a classic redemption arc. And all of these movies, despite their fact that they are, th are their own classics, I don't know if you'll ever see remakes on them again. The one that I, I'm, this might be a controversial statement here, but the one out of all of these that I could see getting a remake is Home Alone in some way, shape, or form. Like maybe Kevin McAllister's one of the robbers, or maybe they bring Kevin McAllister back as a father, or so who knows, right? Sure. Like if you want to do the sequel remake route. But as classic as Home Alone is, that movie could get updated. That movie, that would be very interesting to see how they would use fucking fidget spinners to take down a couple of bandits. Well, I think they still are. Which sounds dumb as hell. I don't know if they still are. I know they made, obviously, Home Alone 3, which had updated technology. But they made, like, 4, and 5, and 6 like, as shitty yeah, direct-to-video sequels. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see. You never so. know if they'll redo Gremlins again or just do another. I mean, they might as well just do another Gremlins Every single one of these, Christmas Vacation is not going to get remade. Die Hard is not going to get remade. Scrooge is already a remake. Elf is too new. Jingle All the Way is too shitty. Um, yeah, I, I think I think a I lot of these. I can see them taking another stab at Polar Express. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because I it's got a big enough book following. Yeah. And the original that came out wasn't like this all-time classic. Like it kind of compared to the love of the book. Right. The movie kind of didn't live up to it from that standpoint sure. a little bit. Even though it captured the look of the book as well. Oh, so. it absolutely did great at that. So. so that's really, yeah, that's that's a really interesting question, maybe. I mean, I might be completely off base with my Home Alone thing, but I don't get as offended at, at Remix as other people do. I imagine a lot of people would be pissed off if they decided to remake Home Alone. But who knows? Like, imagine a, a smart, like, eight-year-old in a, in a smart house, like, with apps and all kinds of stuff. Like, imagine that, you know? Who knows? Can't do it. I can't see it. Probably not. <laughs> Well, that is going to do it for this uh, XL-sized episode, this XL Christmas sweater-sized episode of the Popcorn Diet. We're going to back, get back to our normally scheduled movie reviewing next week. We got Star Wars coming up, David. I'm hyped for it. What's Star Wars? How dare you? <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, at the Popcorn Diet. Also, popcorndietpodcast.com. Do us a favor. Wherever you're listening to us, like, rate, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Hey, it's the time to hang out with family. Maybe I'll sit around the fire, pull up this episode of the Popcorn Diet, pull up the bracket. It's going to be up for a month and do all the voting together. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And we're going to see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.